Good afternoon everybody, this is Radio Maria and we are finally through to Father Andrew and this is Catechesis. Good afternoon Father Andrew. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, are you, um, where are you contacting us from? Are you outside Henley? I, I am, so I'm currently in Twyford at the moment, uh, which is, I've been based here on um, essentially on a sabbatical uh, since November. Uh, but, but now I'm starting to do a bit more part-time work um and uh, so yes i'm just helping out at the university at samaria university in twickenham so that's fantastic that's fantastic well. thank you so much for joining us and this afternoon uh father andrew is going to be giving us a reflection on this coming sunday's readings so over to you father andrew thanks very much uh so this this feast that we're uh, keeping this coming sunday christ the king um certainly it's it was only reinstituted in the 1920s um but it's an important feast because it's showing um the kingship of christ that christ is the king of the entire social order and of history and of the universe and i think it's particularly poignant uh particularly this year because for the first time in it must be what over 70 years we actually do have a king uh, in this country and I was certainly moved when I saw pictures from uh, the Queen's funeral earlier this year, and particularly that moment when at her burial, um, at the, the service of her burial at St. George's Chapel in Windsor, when the um, scepter and the orb were removed from the top of the coffin, there was something quite profound, I thought, about that, very moving. And these, of course, are ancient symbols of kingship. Um, even it, It's rare to see pictures of certainly these days of Jesus Christ uh, holding a scepter and an orb, but sometimes in older paintings uh, we can see that, and very often there's that image of Trinity, so God the Father, um, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and Jesus very often is seated as a king. And um, that's... The, these, these symbols um, are, are ancient symbols, and they're from the uh, right of the anointings of kings, so an ordination and a coronation are, are similar in, in many different ways. And I can recall watching uh, footage of Queen Elizabeth's coronation and part of that particular ceremony is, is when she was anointed with the sacred oil, uh, which would be something very similar to what a priest is uh, anointed with at his ordination. And so it's showing that um, direct link between uh, priestship and kingship and indeed uh, one of the first kings uh, who, who's, um, uh, who Jesus is related to uh, through St. Joseph is, is King David, who uh, is anointed priest and king in the presence of the peoples. And um, so with this exercise of office comes also um, a, a responsibility to serve. And Jesus, of course, is the ultimate uh, model of that because he is the, the servant king the uh, he, it's he who through his example um, turns the tables in, in so many different ways during the scriptures but particularly of course at the last supper when he actually washes the disciples feet um, which was the very lowest job uh, for anybody to do um, and so Jesus is showing showing all of us a new way of serving that um, it's through acts of humble service that we can truly uh, give God glory and also 
allow his kingdom, as it were, to come on earth. <clears throat> and so, uh, we, so far in the year, of course, we've heard different aspects about God and particularly Jesus. And there was the uh, Feast of the Ascension, where we're after Jesus' uh, crucifixion, death, and resurrection. Of course, he ascends to the Father. And then, of course, there's that scene which directly relates to the Ascension of the Transfiguration, when we see Jesus in glory uh, with Moses and Elijah. Also, at this time of year, um, as we obviously had the last Sunday of the year, the 33rd Sunday of Ordinary Time, Sunday just passed, and now we have Christ the King. This feast is anticipating uh, the start of Advent, but it's also anticipating the second Advent uh, of Jesus' return in glory when he'll come again, and as the scriptures say, to judge the living and the dead. So Jesus, uh, in, certainly in his ministry uh, on, on, this, on this earth, showed a very different way of uh, the worldly understanding of being a king, but nonetheless, he did show his authority by uh, by dying, well, in, paradoxically, by dying on the cross and showing that he conquered death there once and for all. At, the most, at his most vulnerable and weakest point, he was able to um, conquer death and sin and evil once for all through that heroic act of uh, self-sacrifice. And so, Perhaps just reflecting once again on uh, our previous book, Queen Elizabeth II, um, what seems to be noted time and time again is her great devotion to duty. Um, That's something that's maybe not so uh, well promoted in public life these days. Um, And it can be easy to become uh, disillusioned when we see so so many double standards and, and even hypocrisy in public life. But... Um, the reality is that Jesus is the benchmark, um, and it's a very high standard which we have to uh, aim to to follow. But it's it's that example that can ultimately lead to uh, a greater understanding of, of God's love for us, and also in being able to uh, share that love with with the other people that we meet, uh, because it's through Him. And as the Mass so beautifully says in the Doxology, it's through Him with him and in him. Uh, so, and just as, as usually, uh, as always the case with the readings, there's a very often a clear connection between the uh, first reading and the gospel. And in that first reading, it talks of um, how David is anointed king of Israel, as I mentioned already, uh, Jesus is in the line of David because of his foster father Joseph, and the yeah, just to highlight again that that power of the anointing. There, there is something mystical that happens at the anointing in the East. They call it the chrismation, which is um, perhaps an even more more powerful term because it's becoming Christ-like through that particular uh, anointing. And all of us at our baptism are called to be priest, prophet, and king. That doesn't mean, obviously, we're going to all be kings in that sort of earthly sense, but each of us, because we are 
sons and daughters of the Most High, namely God himself, we are children of the King. And so we do have this royal um, dignity because, because of that and because of our baptism especially. And there are echoes of that. Uh, I mentioned ordination, but of course another particular anointing is the anointing of the sick. When somebody is seriously ill, they can receive this uh, beautiful I'm afraid we've lost Father Andrew there, so we're going to listen to Godhead here in hiding. was Godhead here in hiding and thankfully we're back with Father Andrew so back over to you Father. Thanks very much so that um, song I 
I, I chose it really because uh, I think it highlights very much the mystery of God, the mystery of the Godhead. Um, that yes, we can think of God as our Father, um, and God is, of course, so much bigger than we can possibly understand or imagine. But sometimes it's helpful to have these um, some more human ways of looking at God. So a, a king would probably be the nearest kind of thing we can think of to show something of the majesty of God, something of the dignity of God. And of course, um, it's true because uh, Pilate asks him, so you are a king then? Uh, and he, he admits that, yes, I am. I was born for this. Um, but my kingdom is not of this world, as he says uh, so so poignantly. And on with that in mind, the Gospel of Sunday um, talks about Jesus really at his most seemingly vulnerable point and people are mocking him from the cross the sol- the soldiers mocking him uh, the religious leaders mocking him um, and you know they famously say if you are the king of the Jews save yourself uh, but of course he he doesn't he doesn't respond really to these things um, and then to make it even worse Jesus crucifixion was the worst form of punishment that anybody could Enduring the Roman Empire, Jesus is crucified like a common criminal. And even on the cross, the criminals are uh, mocking him. Are you not the Christ? He said, save yourself and us as well. But the other spoke up and rebuked him. Have you no fear of God at all? You got the same sentence as he did. But in our case, we deserve it, deserved it. We are paying for what we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then those extraordinary words, Jesus, he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replies, indeed, I promise you, today you'll be with me in paradise. So it's extraordinary that even from the cross, Jesus is able to show this uh, mercy on those around him and also exercise that authority that's, that's given to him to make that promise, indeed, you'll be with me uh, in paradise. And so also I think this feast is an anticipation of uh, the world to come, the heavenly, the heavenly kingdom. Yes, it's being built here on earth. We know that, and and in the book of Revelation, it's referred to as a heavenly Jerusalem. But um, it is also here on earth, and most especially, um, heaven touches earth every time we go to mass. Um, the mass is, as the Catechism says, the source and summit uh, of the Christian life. And so, whenever we attend a mass, we are entering into that mystery um, of the Godhead and ultimately of that worship of, of God. We, we say in the Mass, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. And those words have rung out through the ages from the book of Revelation and they're part of the liturgy within, within the Mass itself. Uh, so in a sense, we, we could say that the Mass is as well, the Catechism says, the source and summit is it's the the jewel in the crown of, of all the sacraments, uh, because it is Jesus Himself that that comes to us in this mystical, uh, cosmic way. Um, the entire ruler of the universe and creation comes to us under the appearance of a piece of bread. And Saint Thomas Aquinas, who who wrote that hymn, uh, understood that very well. Uh, that great mystery of the Godhead. Um, God made man coming to us um, under the appearances of, of bread uh, and wine. And so he invites us to share 
here on this earth in that heavenly banquet uh, already. So uh, I think that's the main things I, I wanted to just share with you today. Um, and um, so if you have any questions, I'll, I can attempt to answer them. I can't promise you I can answer them immediately, but I, I'll, certainly, I'll certainly do my best to try to do that. Thank you so much, Father Andrew. Um, as Father Andrew said, do, don't hesitate to call in if you have a question about this coming Sunday's Feast of Christ the King. The number to call is 01-223-375-564. And we're going to listen to Praise My Soul the King of Heaven. This is Radio Maria and Catechesis, and we're with Father Andrew Chamietz, who is talking about this coming Sunday, Sunday's readings. And he's now going to tell us a little bit about uh, a beautiful second reading that we'll have on Sunday. Father Andrew, over to you. Thank, 
Thank you. Uh, so this is one of St. Paul's letters to the Colossians, and uh, there's a wonderful opening uh, paragraph, and I'll just re read that to you. You will have in you the strength, based on his own glorious power, never to give in, but to bear anything joyfully, thanking the Father, who has made it possible for you to join the saints and with them to inherit the light. You'll have in you the strength, based on his own glorious power, never to give in, but to bear anything joyfully. Um, that's an, an amazing promise that God gives to us, that um, as he said at his ascension, he, he would never leave us uh, or abandon us, that he would be with us to the end of time. And of course, the Holy Spirit is given, we know, at Pentecost to those early disciples. And indeed, that's really the birth um, or the establishment maybe of the church, particularly going out to all nations and proclaiming good news in and proclaiming in languages that people can understand. Sadly, although we might be children of the king, um, we doesn't mean we won't encounter difficulty. And uh, sadly, that's part of life, um, part of the struggles of life that nobody's immune to them. We all have uh, the crosses that um, God gives to us. But as St. Paul says, we can bear anything joyfully, thanking the Father as he says, who has made it possible for you to join the saints and with them to inherit the light. There's great consolation to know that the saints are simply people who have gone before us, whose, in whose footsteps we can now tread, and, and they have um, have clung to Christ and, and Christ on the cross. And through that determination to follow him, to, to try and grow in virtue and holiness in their own lives, that they have come to that place um, where they will be with him where they are with him forever. And we know that the church, of course, uh, recognizes, uh, it canonizes those particular saints who are uh, in, we, we, we know in heaven, but there are many others as well, who perhaps who are not named, uh, but, but are still there. And each of us, I'm sure, has a favorite patron saint, somebody who we can talk to as a friend, uh, who can help us also in our own, uh, faith journey through this world. So um, St. Paul goes on to stay because what he has done, he has taken us out of the power of darkness and created a place for us in the kingdom of the Son that he loves. And in him, we gain our freedom, the forgiveness of our sins. People talk so much about freedom in our society, but what is freedom? What does it actually mean? Um, well, it has different meanings depending on, of course, who you speak to. But certainly in the Christian understanding, um, it goes together with responsibility. And uh, true freedom is not simply doing whatever you like. Uh, whenever you like, it's doing the right thing at the right time. And that can only be done through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the grace of that. Uh, so we, we, can, uh, we can experience something of the kingdom of God and something of heaven indeed here on earth um, through through the power of, of the Holy Spirit and, and through, in those visible ways, through the sacraments as well, those in, invisible signs of God's grace. Um, and then St. Paul goes on to say that Jesus uh, is the image of the unseen God. It's in Jesus that we see the face of the Father. He says, it's the firstborn of all creation, for in him were created all things in heaven and on earth, everything visible and everything invisible thrones, dominations, sovereignties, powers, all things were created through him 
and for him. Before anything was created, he existed, and he holds all things in unity. Um, now the church is his body, he is its head. So there's so much uh, in that paragraph there about God and and his might and his power and the fact that he, um, he as it says, he holds all things in being and that he simply, um, a ch- child will often ask, who made God? Well, God simply is. Um, he, 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 does, he existed before all time and exists for all time. So he's, and that's what makes him so mysterious. And yet he chooses to come to us in this, in this most vulnerable way through, through Jesus Christ. Um, as we know, being born in Bethlehem, then growing up, becoming a man and walking on this earth as, as you and I do, and then um, being subjected to that awful death. But we know that's not the end because of the power that was within him, the power, that God-given power that he could, uh, even here on earth, show uh, the might of God uh, and um, show that kingdom coming here on earth um, in his ministry to us. Thank you, Father Andrew. Let's just play a little bit more music and open the phone lines once again. If you do have a question or a comment um, on this coming Sunday's readings or anything Father Andrew has said, um, this Sunday we'll be celebrating in the church the feast day of Christ the King. Please do give us a ring on 01-223-375-564. Five, six, four. And this is Alleluia, Sing to Jesus, sung by King's College Choir from here in Cambridge.
That was Alleluia, Sing to Jesus, sung by King's College Choir. So, Father Andrew, thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. Can we finish Pleasure. with a prayer and a blessing for the listeners, please? Of course, yes. Um, now, I'm having to be looking in an old missal. This is not some sort of liturgical <laughs> comment. It's just simply the, the one that was nearest to hand. So I'll, I'll say the prayer after communion. So this, just bear in mind, this is the old translation. So just in case you're wondering... What on earth is he talking about? Um, it's the prayer after communion from Christ the King, year C. Uh, and then, yes, I'll give the blessing after that. Lord, you gave us Christ the King of all creation as food for everlasting life. Help us to live by his gospel and bring us to the joy of his kingdom where he lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And may Almighty God bless you. Amen. Uh- We'd actually lost the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Can oh, you say that again? Do that again. Yeah. I'll speak nearer to the phone. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Andrew. And um, okay. we look forward to the next time you'll be with us on Radio Maria. Thank you. Thanks so much. Happy feast for Sunday. Thank you. Bye.